everybody. Welcome back to Real World Podcast. I have to be careful how I say that. If I say it too quick, I say it wrong. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening in this week. Uh, my name is Brian. I am here with my mother today. Uh, how are you doing, Mom? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here with you. Um, episode two. Episode two. Yeah, so it's season it's two. Season two, episode two. And thankfully, not season two, episode two, part two. <laughs> yes. So in our last one, so it was just kind of funny. We basically had to record the sec the, the first episode twice because we it's, it's like the blind leading the blind. This is our first attempt doing this on our own, and <laughs> we weren't actually recording. <laughs> So, but I do think that the second episode actually turned out better than the first episode. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this one, we're only going to do one take. So hopefully if we <laughs> do this in more than one take, uh, it'll be very interesting because it is recording right now. It is recording right now. So that's a good thing. So hope everyone's doing well out there. I don't know about y'all. I know we've had some really difficult weather, um, in the south and in the east coast, oh, they're yeah. just getting slammed. And, I mean, just the, the freeze in uh, Texas. I know a friend of mine, Mary, she was visiting a cousin uh, in Texas this last week, and she sent a picture um, three or four days ago, and they like it was like 40 degrees in the house. And so she had on like eight T-shirts and three or four jackets. And wow, that's yeah, it was crazy. just really, really crazy. I just can't even imagine how horrible that would be to not have power when it's freezing cold and that's not yeah. so unusual for texas you know they're they're used to heat and humidity um so much of the year yeah and i'm sure with uh ted cruz going to cancun right or was it uh, yeah I'm, yeah I'm that sure. was very unfortunate it's like uh, what was he thinking <laughs> like well, seriously i think it's more that as like it's probably a good thing where in california for the moment in comparison because that's that's that would be something that's very difficult to do that oh, would be to yeah. go through yeah, well, we were talking Ted, about Texas politics. Yeah, so we were talking about Texas politics with Ted Cruz, but uh, there, but we're, we're, we're what really are, yeah going to be talking about today is California politics. California politics, which you know is and, so much better. Than, oh my uh, goodness, <laughs> I tell you, California politics has really changed. Um, you know, over the years, I mean, now there's a super majority um, in Congress, and it's mm -hmm. like it's just so democratically controlled that I think there's a risk. Whenever that happens, whether either party are in um, control, um, because again, we need each other, right? We were we were built for community. We we need each other. We all have differences of opinion and thoughts and mm -hmm. ideas and and from different backgrounds and from different backgrounds. As we've said before, it's like like when you grew up, um, where you grew up, all of those environmental factors um, play into. Uh, our, our genetic makeup, so much of of um, who we are, it all plays into our our decision making, everything. And isn't it better to have uh, you know a diversity of thought? And um, so, what's going on right now in California is, frankly, it's been you know I'm a conservative, so it's difficult being a conservative in such a liberal state in and of itself yeah um but you know what it's my choice right i live here my my sons live here frankly if they all chose to move to a more conservative state i would be thrilled but i don't <laughs> think that's going to happen so <laughs> so so basically i'm going back on what i said but no i mean i really do love the diversity of california so though even I though that i'm conservative i think i'm reasonable and i think i love people and i 
um, you know, I, I appreciate the diversity. And um, even if I have a different school of thought than, than many people do. And, um, but what's been tough over the last year is how the whole COVID-19 matter was handled in yeah, California. It's, it's been difficult. It, it has. It's been difficult. I mean, Brian basically has been out of work for yeah, a year, I eventually. Te- I technically have a job. I technically work for as a sub for the school <laughs> district. But I've only been able to work twice so far. Yes, and you have one scheduled a month from now. Ho- um, hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled. So so one of the things that, that what's well, kind of interesting, because you had your first COVID shot, COVID vaccine shot yesterday. That's right. If, if for any of you who conspiracy theorists out there, if anything happens, I'll be for sure to let you guys know immediately. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's kind of interesting. So he got his shot. Uh, neither his mom or dad have had their shots. And it, I don't, what I don't understand about it is like, why are educators getting shots when they're not in the classroom? I mean, it makes zero sense. It's like, if they're in the classroom, I 100% agree with that. But why are they pushing educators to be given the vaccines when there's no hope for them to go back in the classroom? Or yeah. it should be presented at the time, like within a month, like a month before they're scheduled to go back in the classroom, then they get their first and then their second shots or however the timing works out. So right now in a school district that you work in, they're not scheduled to come back to the fall. Yep. Right. But yet all the teachers are being vaccinated now. Yes. Yeah. Which I think kind of brings up the point of this podcast because I think I did for, fail to mention earlier, our job is to try and bridge the gap between boomers and millennials. Yes. And also see how God fits in the picture in our real world and our daily problems that we're that's going right. through. Absolutely. That, that's really what our objective here is. And it's, it's just a mother and son having a conversation. We don't claim to be experts yep. in any of these areas. Sometimes we'll go off the rails or kind of go off base. We have to try to reel each other what, what back do you mean in. We? Well, I know for <laughs> me, I go off the rails sometimes. I, I'm sure I'll go off the rails at some point here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so right now, um, interestingly enough, because the the state of California has been managed so poorly by Governor Newsom, or as our local sheriff calls him, Newsolini, <laughs> which I absolutely does, does love. Has he actually called him that? That's, yes, that's he hilarious. Has. Oh, no, he has called him Newsolini. That's really and it's, funny. It's because that just it, sounds so catchy. It, right? Isn't that awesome? Mussolini. Um, well, because it's been unfair. It's been unfair from the beginning. Like in the very beginning, I think we all supported what the governor was doing. Governor Newsom was first to shut everything down, which I think while it may have been a challenge for us, definitely, we all agreed with it. We supported it in that it was two weeks oh, to yes. flatten the curve. Like who can't <laughs> sit back for two weeks. Now, frankly, it didn't affect me personally at all because I'm either babysitting kids because my son and his wife work for the defense industry or my husband who works for the defense industry. So who did not shut down at all? They're essential workers. And so my role did not change at all. And so what I would get frustrated at last year was how everybody kept saying, I'm so bored. I have nothing to do. And it's like, really? (laughs) <laughs> it's like my role didn't change. And so there were a lot of people, all of the essential workers, that other uh, roles didn't change. Um, but I digress. So so getting back yeah. to the real issue of it. Um, because 
I, my my role changed very much. So, like I mentioned, I was a sub. Right, he was a substitute <laughs> and teacher, and I worked twice so. in about a year. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, getting back to California politics. Yes. Um, so, Governor Newsom is. Um, there's a process right now. There's a recall that they're trying to do. They're trying to recall um, Governor Newsom right now. They've collected about 1.7 million signatures. Is it really that many this yeah. morning? That's uh, impressive. Yeah. Well, so I've, I've I've read a couple different numbers. I've heard one and one and a half, and then somewhere between 1.5 and 1.7. But then they have to verify. Yeah, they have to verify them all, all. the signatures. So one of the I <laughs> I have to just throw this in because I thought it was kind of funny. So one of the memes that I saw was, you know, they require that these signatures for the recall, all of the signatures to be checked. So it was kind of like, so why do we have to check every signature on the recall, but you could just mail in your ballot without any kind of verification? And and they push that. So in our last podcast, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about how you said you knew someone who got three. Three. Dad got two. Three I ballots. Got two. Yeah, so many extra ballots that were sent out. And so they pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. Who knows how many excess ballots they received for people that, that voted more than once, which of course is illegal, but... And, you know, hopefully most people didn't do that. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully most people shred the extras. Yes, like we hope that. We hope that. Um, but in any event, um, so I thought that was kind of a funny thing that I wanted to just interject. So right now, um, I think in the beginning, uh, they kind of blew it off like it wasn't a big deal. Um, you mean the recall? The recall, yeah. right. But, uh, of course, you know, um, the majority of the people in the Democratic Party in the legislature are you know, of course, asking that people not support it and so forth. But, you know, Governor Newsom did this to himself. You know, he's a hypocrite. And so, you know, he won't stand up to the teachers union. He claims on the one hand that he wants schools to be back in session, which, again, I think right now. Yeah. If I remember correctly, reading about his plan, he said he wanted the beginning of early elementary schools, like kindergarten through second grade, started like literally like Monday. But again, it's almost too little too late because why didn't he start this a long time ago? Um, His kids go to private school and his kids have been in school all the time, the whole time. So again, hypocrite. Which, but I also do think that's, that, that could be some evidence in showing he is sincere about wanting schools to start up because he know he could then probably he needs see to the, stand up to the teachers union. The teachers union in California is so strong oh, and I what they, Oh, what they say goes like he has absolutely no authority over them and they're going to do what they're going to do. And I would just encourage the teachers to get your vaccine so you can go back to the classroom. So like, this is where I don't, this is where I get like really frustrated and emotional it's like, do you understand what's happening with these children that have been out of school for a year? Yeah. Their mental health has just gone way down. I mean, I've talked to so many friends whose kids are so struggling, not only in that regard, but just even on uh, in their classes. Like so many, and I have a young teacher that is in our community group, and he's you know, the big issue right now is how many F's that the teachers have for their students. Cause frankly, they don't even show up to class. Yeah. Why? 90% why, of the time. Why, why log on zoom and listen to your teacher when you can just play Xbox? Exactly. Exactly. And so, and, and so they're getting pressured by their administrators to give, to not give F's. If there's yeah. any reason at all, if they turn in one or two papers, 
give them a D or give them a C. Actually, they were told to give them a C minus is what they were told. And it's like, that is just blatantly wrong. And it's like, get back to the classroom. Yeah. And that's what we need. It's, it's going to be really difficult. It, it is such a difficult process too. Because if we say we got everyone back to the classroom Monday morning, then everyone's going to be so far behind because no student has done real school work in about a year. Oh, it's just, and the it's, whole thing is just such a... At least all a, the public schools, but yeah. Well, again, this is California. So, so again, you know, California used to be, like, literally number one state. Everybody wanted to come here for the education. We are like, I, I don't know, were there 50 or 49 out of 50? Like, our educational really system... Yes, seriously. It's horrible. It's horrendous. Mm. And why do you think you went to private school? I'm just being honest here. I'm being real here. There was no way I would consider sending my kids to private school or I mean, I mean to public school in California. Granted, the school you did send us to was super good because I definitely felt like my bachelor's degree was easier than my high school degree <laughs> most of the time. But yeah. there's, there's a few, yeah. the very high level bachelor's like undergraduate classes can be more difficult, but I'm just saying we need to do better people. And yeah, it's like definitely. I have a, a number of friends who are public school teachers and they love the students and their, you know, their goal is to do the, the best that they can. And, but I think the government gets in the way, the administrators get in the way of them actually teaching the kids and doing what's best for the kids. And I also think the teachers union gets in the way. Oh, t- I should have said them first because, because that's kind when, of where I was lumping them in with the administrators. Fire, when you can't fire a bad teacher, they just right. keep their job. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to say that there's some awesome teachers out there that I've mm-hmm. subbed for and that Absolutely. I've worked with because I used to, used to be an avid tutor. I used to literally tutor kids to be prepare them for college mm-hmm. for about a year, mm-hmm. year and a half. Mm-hmm. And there are some teachers out there who just hate their jobs. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one teacher I worked with and they will be, they'll, they'll be unnamed but they took off all their sick days as soon as the school semester started each year. Each time a semester started, they used up almost all their sick days within the first two or three weeks. Sounds like the county of Riverside. <laughs> That's where I worked for 30 years, and I tell you, a lot of employees did that, which is very sad. I mean, but that's just kind of the state of, I don't know. It, it, unfortunately, that, that yeah, I don't even yeah. want to go there. That's 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 a personal thing that... It sounds like there's some real issues going on with someone definitely. when when they're doing that because um, and we should definitely care so for many, those people. We should, and there's just there's so many benefits to retaining that time. But but there's also a lot of teachers who are like that who just hate their jobs. They hate their students. They wish they had done something else with their life, and they're only a teacher now because that's their only thing they could do for a living. Yeah, that's very sad. And it is very sad, but at the same time, it's like if we just keep those people teaching. Our education will never improve because they don't care about the students. Right. Well, you know. And, and, and it's like the class I subbed for the other day, the teacher must be spectacular because I have literally never had a better group of 20 plus second graders in my entire life. That's awesome. They were the most, well, like literally the most well-behaved. It wasn't private school or anything. It was just a public, it was just a random public school. That's awesome. And, and that's, that's encouraging to hear because when I talk to my friends who are, you know, trying to do the, the schooling while they're doing their full-time job, it's just the whole thing is such a nightmare. Yeah. So that's why they, the kids really need to get back in school because it's it, to benefit them mostly, but for the parents, for the teachers. But I, I do agree that there needs to be protections for the teachers. I'm not at all suggesting that we don't, 
make changes that that to protect the teachers with respect to COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I was saying last year is like why couldn't they put a shield around the teacher's desk? I mean, there's various things that could be done. I'll actually let you know right now. They mm-hmm. actually already have. I've because I've been in several classrooms at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, just. More than just the two that I've subbed in, but every single classroom I've been in or been able to look in, mm-hmm. they've all already been COVID prepped, at least okay. in our school district. Very good. Well, that's good to hear. So then why are we waiting until the and fall? The, and that, yeah, I know. That's why I don't know. And I know and some parents are saying, well, <laughs> the school year's three quarters of the way through. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm like, these kids need each other. Yeah, I, I would almost say just maybe make the end, the final, the final quarter of the school year just a lot easier and just to help reacclimate them to school well so so we're talking about the schools because i think that is that the this number is, one this is definitely one of the biggest things in california politics well and not only that but it's number one thing i think for newsom because oh yeah for you the know, recall for the recall um, because people are fed up and and another thing that that i think where newsom made a mistake and a misstep is um just how he handled small businesses um oh yeah you know it was very um discriminatory when when he put the lockdown in it's like all of the big box stores were open and all of the small businesses were not allowed to be open as if a small business couldn't handle the rules yes as well as a large business and that was absolutely wrong so he put so many people out of business he put so many people in economically distressed situations that it's ridiculous like i this is where I get really, really upset. So like you would go to your local Walmart, Lowe's, Target, and there's wall-to-wall people. They're right next to you. (laughs) They're touching all this stuff in there, and yet that's okay, but you couldn't go to a local salon. I remember going and having a pedicure, and they had a shield, and they had all of these precautions in place, yet that was the first thing that they shut down. Well, I can tell you that I felt a lot safer in that salon than I did if I went to Target or Lowe's or Costco. Especially because they're able to give like a, a, a genuine social distance. Exactly. It could just be you and, and you the person you work with. you can't do that in a big store. You no. just can't. Plus, honestly, okay, this is no joke. I was in Costco yesterday, and one of the things that I like to get when I go to Costco is the rotisserie chickens, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. I am not exaggerating. There was a woman ahead of me that went to get a chicken. There were 12 chickens in there. She touched 11 of the containers. She touched 11 of the containers to look at the chickens. She couldn't like, decide. you can't just look at the chicken from standing there and just take one. Did she at she least literally the lids touched on? 11 containers. Can you tell me she, she, <laughs> she left the lids on? She did leave the lids on. She did not actually touch the chicken itself. That would be kind of funnier if she did. But I mean, seriously, lady, I. I was like so appalled. I almost wanted. I mean, I didn't say anything. Did but she wait real quick? Did she grab the twelfth chicken that she didn't touch? No, she. <laughs> oh yeah, she, she took number eleven. Oh, she took number eleven. That would have been kind of Of course, funny then too. I had to touch. I took number twelve because she hadn't touched that one. Yeah, and then I had to take one of the other ones that she had touched. And it's, of course, it's not like we know who touched number twelve well, before. And here's the and bottom line: it's like that was such a good example of why. They're more of a challenge in the COVID arena than these small businesses because you don't have that much traffic in small businesses. And so the risks are going to be a lot lower. I think it's also just to add tack on something. I think, I think I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me too on this as well. No, I will not. (laughs) It's simply because there's a lot of times people can just not be thinking. They'll just do something Mm -hmm. that's just not very bright. 
And when you're the person who's in charge and you have to deal with this, it's a very difficult task. Oh, absolutely. And it's this isn't. Not, I don't think either of us are saying like, uh, like that we could do a better job than Newsom. Oh no, I could do a better job. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, and let's let's just say like Governor it Newsom. If for some reason you're listening, uh, we're we're not out to get you. Uh, we, it's nothing personal, it's, except I, I it would, is personal when you are hypocritical about yeah. having rules that say you you know you encourage not even families to get together for Thanksgiving, and then you go out and have a dinner with all of these people at a restaurant. Well, not just that. That but was, it was indoors, not outdoors, and you lied. So it, it's hypocritical. It's not just that, but it made it worse. Is what it no, was. It, is it was. That. It was to celebrate the birthday of a lobbyist. Yeah, I mean. So it's not like it was someone he knew, and he just made a special exception for himself. It was. It was someone who was a part, a part of his like election campaign funds. I and really think the that people who were funding other things for his different bills and mm-hmm. lobbyists for like that. I think that was the straw though for people where even yeah, um, you know, people in his own party were like, oh, okay. it was not it was not a good look, especially because it, it was not a good look. If I remember correctly, that happened either a week or two before or after he made the announcement saying that if you're eating with people, yeah, it was in that, November. Yeah, but if you're eating with people, that that then you should actually put your mask on between bites. Right, absolutely. It was right at the same time, <laughs> it was, it was and they, really none of these people had masks at this at this dinner party. And there, I think there was like twelve of them or something like that. And these weren't like even family members. These were all twelve households getting together. So, you know, it's do as I say, not as I do. And again, I don't think we want that from our politicians. Although that's what we get from our politicians. But I think they they sink themselves when they do that. So. I definitely think that Governor Newsom had some national um, hopes. I don't think that's going to happen at this point in time because of what he simply did there. Like, I can't imagine that he he's going to yeah. be able to propel forward. It, it would be it would probably be pretty difficult, at least for quite a while. Because uh, I know Biden has done some questionable things apparently well, before. And but, then we have it's been Kamala so Harris who bailed out, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter activists and. And they ended up getting rearrested. I mean, those are well, major issues. Those are character issues. So I, mean, that, I have issues with her. I have issues with Joe Biden. Regarding Kamala. I have issues I with think, governors. <laughs> regarding regarding uh, our lovely vice president. Uh, you gave me a face when I said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was sorry. trying to be respectful. Uh, I'm just one not of the, a fan. One, one of the big things I struggle with her is that uh, she imprisoned so many black men on weed charges and i understand Again, if you're critical that doesn't that sound like governor newsom and it's like i understand if you're going to be a hardliner like if you're going to be very conservative you don't want weed to be legal i can understand that perspective but i don't understand someone who goes and arrests those people who i i view as mostly innocent because it's a it's a crime that has no victims most of the time unless it's like a dui or something which is already a crime anyways and then goes around and acts like she is a hero to a lot of black people. And she could have changed, but it's like you, you've hurt your own community so much. Like, but again, it, it's just so difficult. But, but, but again, I think you're speaking right to the whole issue with California politics. Yeah. It's like, because I mean, that's, that's where I she's say, from. Not as I do. Yes. It's where and she's it's, from. It's, it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical yet. They get a pass. Um, you know, I actually had um, not firsthand experience with Governor Newsom directly, but I was over the clerk recorder 
um, about a decade ago when the whole issue with gay marriage came out and he was the mayor of San Francisco. And the reason I have issue with him, I've had issue with him for 10 years because he took it upon himself to allow the first gay couple to get married. And it's not about gays getting married. The issue is that he took it upon himself as the mayor of a county of California to do this without getting any kind of legislative um, support. it It was before anything was legal. It was before it was legal. So, and so yeah. we didn't even know what to do with all this. It was a nightmare in county clerk's offices. It was an absolute nightmare. And, I imagine. How and do you and file it was because be it wasn't done legally. He did it with like an executive order, uh, like Joe Biden is 40 plus executive orders, which again are just wrong. So when it comes down to politics, it's like I agree that, that elections have consequences. But you've got to do it the right way. We our, our system has checks and balances. You yeah. know, we have a legislative and we have an executive and we have the courts. I mean, we have this process in place and it works. Yeah. And it's like when you come down and you make these executive decisions because it's what you think is right, it's that's wrong. You don't get to do that alone. Yeah, and I think I, I agree with that. It's people don't just get to decide to do whatever they want. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But I, I think, it, I mean, that, and that's been our government because there have been plenty of governments in the past that the people in charge can just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of a segue because I want to talk a little bit about what the Bible would say on this kind of issue. Okay. Uh, and I think it's the first time is I wanted to I mention this uh, back when you first mentioned the joke about uh, our sh- local sheriff calling Governor Newsom Mussolini. <laughs> And as there's two really big passages on government and how we should submit and obey government in the Bible. And that one of them is Romans 13, 1 through 7, and another one is First Peter. I almost, I almost want to say Second Peter for some reason. It's 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17. And the Romans 13 passage, it, it just focuses on that we, we need to respect our the people in charge. We need to respect our the political people in charge, whether it's they use governors and the emperor. Uh, in this case, it would be governors and the president, and even more, it would be our mayors, everyone else. And mm-hmm. we need to respect Anyone them. Anyone in authority. And we need to respect them and mm-hmm. honor them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some level of leeway. It's a little bit more lax with us because we have a system that's meant to be able to be critical of our politicians, but I think we can do that in a nice way. Like, I think Mussolini is kind of funny. It's a little catchy. But we have to be careful how we use of like something something like that. Uh, it can be kind of funny, but are we also representing God when we say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we're just talking trash on people, we're not representing God. And the two big things with those two passages, I actually had to give a sermon on these two passages a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and my professor actually had to critique me uh, as after I gave them to, which was fun. And one of the big things is Romans 13 is about how when we don't submit to government, we don't obey government, we hurt ourselves. Because even if we don't think Newsom's doing a good job, uh, President Trump, uh, President Biden, any of the vice presidents, any of the senators, uh, they're still the ones that God has chosen to be fill those roles at these times. And they're the ones God has chosen to execute justice. And there are times that we don't agree with that justice, and it's not to say like these people are suddenly godly and flawless as soon as they take power but god has chosen them to do good and, sure and it's just 
is difficult because especially where it's like, oh, well, these people aren't perfect. These people are sinful. They do this or this or they believe well, this we, or this. Well, we all fall in that category. But so, it's not just yeah. that, but it's think, who did Peter and Paul talk about during their time? They talked about the emperor of Rome. This They wrote their letters a couple years before they were persecuted and executed for what? They're just being Christians. And so it's not like the people Paul and Peter were talking about were somehow morally superior. Like they were definitely inferior morally to any of our politicians because they would just murder people mm-hmm. at, at whim. Mm-hmm. At least hopefully politicians that we're aware of. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there who might be. Well, I would just but. I would just add that, um, you know, this and I agree with you. I think that we need to respect authority. Um you know, I think when we start observing um, unethical behavior, um, disrespectful behavior, that kind of thing, then, you know, it's it's understandable to question them in authority. I mean, I, yeah, I see you, that. And then can, there's procedures in place to do these recalls. And, you, yeah, you can, you can question people who are doing morally questionable things respectfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Well, I think the procedure to recall someone is it's it's a legal way yeah. to address that malfeasance that we observe as laymen here as citizens of of California, you know, of California yeah. um, or anywhere else for that matter with respect to a recall yeah and it's it's just to be cuz we we've already made some jokes we've already kind of disrespected a lot of politicians sure and in that sense, we 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 have literally kind of just sinned because mm-hmm. of how we made fun of them and disrespected mm-hmm. them, uh, and that to some some extent goes into the First Peter two passage where when we do stuff like that, that hurts our witness. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, and, and I definitely hurt my witness from time to time on things that I've said or how I've reacted uh, to situations, and you know, it's just one of those things that. We do what we don't want to do. It's like we re- read in Romans. It's like, you know, yeah. we wake up and, and our plan is to do one thing. And what do we do? We do the opposite of what we plan to do. Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know how difficult it is for you. But this is when I really think about it. And I really did a sermon on this. I prayed beforehand and I prayed after I gave it. This is probably one of the biggest struggles I just never think about. Because I am so overwhelmingly cynical of politicians. I have such a low view of politicians in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I just immediately assume you're corrupt. The only yeah. pu- the only people I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't corrupt would be AOC and Bernie Sanders. And that's just because even though I don't think... You should see my face right now. I know. <laughs> you, you really... And Not it's, two of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah, and it's just... I definitely disagree with almost everything they say in a lot of ways, but I think they're I think they're the closest thing to genuine or authentic. It's like they really believe what they believe, and they're they're it, for from what I can tell, they don't have ulterior motives. But I think even then, that's very questionable. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know uh, enough we, about we, we them. We don't know them. You know, we but, like to think that ideally, that all politicians really want what's best for others. Yeah. That and and that's what they proclaim, but that isn't that doesn't seem to be what the fruit reveals. Yeah, you and know? it's it's so difficult because even though those passages in the Bible, that's what they say is that those people are out to serve us. And again, they're talking about people who are far more corrupt and had far more ability to abuse their power than politicians today. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why it's such a challenge for me is what I was saying was I just immediately have such a low view of politicians and it's such a challenge to think. Well, and who would want to be one today? Like, seriously, yeah. I mean, they, the way that you are critiqued and yeah. I wouldn't want to do that to my family. I mean, uh, you know, I was asked to run for local uh, elective office yeah, and, you didn't, you didn't. and I chose not to yeah. because I didn't want to do that. And even though I... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have anticipated any of these kinds of issues. I just didn't want to do that to my family. I just, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be a politician. Yeah. Because there's so much that you, you know, it's kind of like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And it's like, I just don't, I, I, I felt like I could never be truly real. Yeah. Um, if I were in that role. And it's like, that is, I, I had a challenge being in the, the assistant department head role uh, and fortunately, because I worked for um, a constitutional officer, there was no fear for my job. I had to basically please him, and he was, you know, um, uh, the the local assessor doesn't, you know, report to anybody except for the people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't have any concerns there. But anyway, bottom line is, is that I, it just felt very uncomfortable to be in that role. So I don't know why anybody would want to do it. So I guess the bottom line is, is like there's definitely some kind of intense power drive or something. Although I do think a lot of people enter it ideally, you know, like they really yeah. do want to help people. And but I think ultimately what results is something else, because the whole institution is just a challenge. Yeah. When you scratch so many backs to get what mm-hmm. you are, eventually all you do, all you're doing is scratching backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish, you know. I wish people would just be honest and, and make the decisions. I know like Governor Romney uh, or Senator Romney, I should say now, um, has come under attack because he supported impeachment. He, mm, yeah. I can't remember what the other vote was that went against Republican principles. And while I may even disagree with his vote, I fully support, that's very courageous oh, of yeah. him to come out and go against um, and that's, you know, go against uh, his party. And that's happening right now in the state of New York. So what's happening in the state of New York is somebody who works for um, Governor Cuomo has come out and said that they did not report the the um, the deaths properly mm. in the senior homes. Oh, yeah. I remember reading about in that. In the nursing homes. And so it's, it's a real nightmare right now for yeah. Cuomo. And uh, many are asking for him to resign in his own party because there's clearly some corruption there. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how Newsom's recall will go. It will. I, I don't I don't I think it will. He, the I think the recall election will probably happen. I don't think he'll lose. I agree. I, I it's not going to happen right now. The uh, the numbers for California. Oh, it's, it's like two it's, to one that yeah, are registered uh, Democrats. Forty-six percent are Democrats and twenty-four percent are Republicans, and then the others are um, um, undecided or but, oh, yeah, or yeah. a third party or yeah, yeah. So it it, it it I just don't see it happening, um, but it's understandable why there's support for it. Yeah, and so I think to uh, get close to wrapping up here. Just want to reassert that uh, if there are any politicians listening, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you are, but <laughs> maybe you maybe you love Jesus and you want to hear about how uh, he impacts your world as a as a leader of our nation. There you go. Uh, 
but we don't blame you. You're in a difficult circumstance, especially especially during COVID. But we we should hold them accountable. But it, even when even Absolutely. when we're holding them accountable, like uh, Scripture says, we need to be respectful. Absolutely. And that can be really difficult for some of us. But mm-hmm. that means we can't it be angry. We can't be yelling. We can't. Yeah. We just can't be jerks. Right. I think the easiest way to sum that up. Yep. Uh, and so as okay. we're uh, closing up here, I just want to thank you guys for listening. As well as uh, tell you if you want to follow us on Instagram, you could follow us at Real World Podcast. And if you have anything you want us to talk about, any uh, controversial or any topics, feedback about what any we have feedback, said, I always yes. ask. I always forget to ask for feedback because I feel like I'm normally just giving feedback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you no, want, we to, really want to know. Yeah, if you want to give us feedback, we would be very appreciative. Uh, as well as if you wanted to rate us on uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast from. If you leave leave us a review or rate us, we'd be very appreciative. Uh, And our email address is is hello at realworldpodcast.com. Yes, I kept forgetting to say that because I kept wanting to say something else. uh, Well, we do thank you for being with us. And we'll we'll, see you guys next time. We'll see you next time. Yep, it's been a pleasure. Take care.